Welcome to a Pro Insights podcast sponsored by Pro Unlimited, a pioneer and global leader in contingent workforce management solutions. Pro Insights podcasts are focused on providing procurement, HR, IT, finance, and other corporate functions with information and strategies that help them to navigate the opportunities and risk related to their use of contingent labor. I'm your host, Patrick Spencer, Vice President of Marketing at Pro. For today's podcast, we'll be discussing personal branding and strategies for finding your next career opportunity in the digital age. The job search by individual professionals, or on the flip side, the talent search by companies, has changed dramatically in the digital age. A proliferation of technologies, social media, and other online talent platforms are transforming how individuals search for and find jobs and how organizations find, secure, manage, and retain talent. Strategies that worked just a few years ago may be outdated and completely ineffective. Professionals who knew all the ins and outs of the job search and interview processes may find themselves utterly nonplussed and on the outside looking in. I had a chance to catch up with Pro's Vice President of Global Talent Acquisition, Neil Solari, and speak to him about some of these changes that are taking place or have taken place in the digital age. His team sifts through tens of thousands of job applicants and thousands of job candidates each year. And thus he has a unique perspective when it comes to how professionals should brand themselves and how they can effectively leverage all of the different technological tools that are now available. Well, Neil, thanks for joining me. I uh, am looking forward to speaking to you. Thanks, Patrick. Glad to be here. Well, let's start. Uh, some of our listeners may not be uh, familiar with Pro Unlimited. Uh, company's been around for nearly 25 years, over two decades. Uh, really is a is a pioneer and leader in its space. Talk about Pro a bit, uh, just to educate our listeners to begin with. Yeah, Pro Pro's, a, Pro's an extraordinary company in a very unique space. Um, we are the you know the clubhouse leader, I'd say, in the management of contingent labor for the Fortune 500 slash 100. And we have a unique offering that we offer a uh, VMS and MSP model to our clients. Um, and it make, really helps us stand alone uh, in our industry. And speaking of our industry, what, what is contingent management? What does that consist of? It consists of managing the contingent labor at our, at our client company. Think temporary workers. Um, many organizations have sometimes hundreds, if not thousands, of, of, of contingent workers at any given time. And our job through both of, both of our tools is to come in and help them manage and organize that process. And, this is, and I'm putting this in very layman terms for the audience, but that is essentially what we do. We come in and, and help them get their arms around this labor force, how to organize it, and how to keep it managed successfully. Take advantage of the opportunities while managing the risk. That's correct. What's your role at the company? I, you, you, you had the, uh, the talent acquisition team. Uh, how long have you been here, and what does your role consist of? Yeah, so I've, I've been here for about two and a half years. I am the, the vice president of global talent acquisition. My job is, is somewhat straightforward in that uh, I've got a team of recruiters and myself um, that are positioned uh, throughout, throughout the domestic United States, and we oversee all of the recruiting function uh, for Pro Unlimited and our subsidiary company, Right Sourcing. Uh, not just domestically, but also globally. A big task, a big under undertaking for sure. 
you know, the purpose of this podcast is to talk a little bit about uh, some of the strategies uh, and tactics that someone should employ when they're embarking on a new career search. Let's start with that question, actually. You know, you're, you're someone who, uh, you know, you, you've, you've topped out in your current position. Maybe uh, there's been layoffs in your industry within your company, and you're just launching new career search. You know, what's a checklist of some of the things that you should do? And we'll delve into some of the details later on in our conversation. But at a high level, what are some things that, folks should, uh, should check off their list? Yeah, I get this question a lot. <laughs> I'm, I'm speaking at different, different engagements, but you know, the number one, I think, and I'll say the number one mistake people make is they're not organized. So the first thing is get organized. You know, what does that mean? Well, that means you know, figuring, figuring out a couple things here. Like, what does my network look like? Still today, the vast majority of jobs are found through people's networks. Your LinkedIn profile. What does it look like? Is it cleaned up? What does your online signature look like? Uh, when you Google yourself, what comes up? And pay particular attention to that stuff because if you don't think people are Googling you uh, when you apply for a job, you're your first thing your team does. Yeah, you're sorely mistaken. Um, you know, and, and get that get that resume put together. I say resumes are still important even in today's day and age. And so, you know, making sure that's well organized and and well well put together. And organized also means having a game plan. So having a game plan about going about your job search and where you're going to focus. We are in a, in a, a time uh, in the labor markets where specialty matters. And so you know, your pinpoint accuracy on what type of job you're going you're to do, what you're good at, what does your background lead itself to, if you can pinpoint that and focus on that, those specifics, your likelihood of finding employment uh, goes up. Mm. Great suggestions. Uh, you referenced uh, social media. You know how how important is social media when it comes to job search? And and moreover, what are some of the things a professional can do to ensure that they have the right social social brand, if you may? Yeah, it's a really good question. And and I guess the first thing I'll say is, you know, it used to be when you went looking for a job, all that mattered was your cover letter and your resume. Uh, you know, I'm dating myself for a little bit, but I remember back in the day we had the fax resumes, and sometimes even mail resumes, right, to get a response for a job. Mm -hmm. I would argue that your social footprint in social media is more important than your resume now because oftentimes your resume is your LinkedIn profile. Mm -hmm. um, we are hiring candidates right now that don't have a resume. They didn't put one together. They didn't have to because on their social profile is their resume. Mm -hmm. So it is, to me, it is the number one thing you've got to get right when you're looking for a job because it's out there for everybody to see. And you can't control who sees it. All you can control is you know, what it looks like when people, when people look at it. And so it, it, to me, it's, it's absolutely critical. You know, every candidate that we, we hire or look at here, we, we, we look at their social media background. We check it out. So do our managers. So to me, it's, it's, it's number one. I assume that not only includes their LinkedIn site, but uh, you know their Facebook page and maybe a, a Twitter account to see what they're doing on those fronts. Yeah, I mean it, it, it's kind of a mini background check, and that's the reality of, of what it is. You know, if you're looking for a job and you've got stuff posted on Facebook that, that's public, or you know that that you know are showing pictures <laughs> of maybe uh, not the greatest things in the world, uh, as I look at it in an in, in employer's eye. Um, I clean that up. Clean up your profile picture. Same thing with Twitter. Companies look at this stuff, and and it does make an impact on this. 
And the, sec- the, the, the reverse of that is true as well. If you've got a great LinkedIn profile, if you've got you know, really good stuff in there, that stands out amongst the rest. And it can be a huge advantage for you in the labor market. And what are two or three or four things that someone can do to ensure they have a good LinkedIn profile? Number one, have a good professional picture. Response rate goes up almost 50% last I heard. Patrick, you may know better than I, um, when you have a picture. So that is, that's number one. So get a picture. Make sure that your LinkedIn profile matches your career. So don't have job Like if you have a resume and a LinkedIn profile, they should match. And employers look at that. They really do look at it and say, well, why is this job on LinkedIn and not on their resume or vice versa? And that's like a, a check mark against you in the labor market. So make sure it's consistent. I always like to read the recommendations that people have, that are, you know, other people are saying about them. So if you don't have any recommendations on your LinkedIn profile that somebody's done for you, ask for them. They're really good insights into what people think about you and, and, and giving, you, giving you really good insights into the type of person and worker you are. So those, those three things, Patrick, I think are really important. You know, secondary things are if you've done projects, put together you know, PowerPoints, and, and, they're, and they're, they look good and you're proud of them, you can link them to your LinkedIn account, and people will mm-hmm. look at those as well. Some great suggestions. So you referenced this already in passing. Uh, it sounds like resumes do still matter to varying extents. You know, what kind of tips and strategies do you have for our listeners when it comes to how they go about structuring, developing a resume, and more of a, uh, you know, how about cover letters? Are, are they also applicable? And if so, what do you look for in a cover letter? Yeah. Um, I'll go to the resume first. Number one, the day and age of four- and five-page resumes is, is long gone, two pages max. And, and, and if you've got, I would say, 10 or less years of experience, I would try my darnest to keep it to one page, Okay. I've always said the resume is a door opener or a door shutter. And <laughs> it's a door shutter when they look at your resume and they know everything about you based on your resume. Your resume should be written professionally, well-organized, but leaving the person wanting more, meaning this is interesting. I didn't talk to this person based on what I'm seeing here. You know, mm-hmm. I would keep it uh, to bullet points, not paragraphs. That's just my style under each job. And, you know, again, you don't have to load up your entire job description under every job. You know, I would say, you know, depending on length, your resume, five or six bullets between each job, for each job, and you can go less the further back you go in your career um, is important. You have to remember that in most cases, the most relevant job to your job search is the one you're just coming from. And that's the one your employer is going to be, in most cases, most interested about. So if you're talking about spacing out your resume, I would spend more, I'd dedicate more space to that first, to that current job than I would to the other jobs. Great suggestion. Um, cover letters. So, uh, yeah, cover letters. Um, not seeing very many of them anymore. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, it's extraordinarily rare that we see them. Um, I think, you know, my opinion, they're, they're going away. Now, we do see well-written emails with a resume attached. And I guess you can make the argument that, is, that, can, that can take the place of a cover letter. But as far as, you know, are you going to get an interview based on whether you send a cover letter or not, I know in my own experience, I have not denied people interviews because they had cover letters. Um, and I haven't given people preferential treatment because they did have a cover letter. Hmm. So I, I, think it's a, I think it's 
I, I just don't see a lot of value in it right now. Now, what I do see a lot of value in, though, is follow-up after your interview, um, you know, making sure that people are sending you know, a well-read email, thank you. And also, this really goes old school, but, man, does it resonate. Um, I would tell everybody who's doing an interview, send a handwritten thank you note. Nobody does it anymore, and if you want to send out from the crowd, that will make you send out from the crowd. Great point. That's great suggestions. All right, you have your foot in the door. You're interviewing. What translates into an effective interview, and, and how can someone prepare for an interview so that it is successful? Number one thing, and I actually just asked some of our, 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 our managers this question, um, and it's, it's, it's a trend that's been around for a long time, but the number one thing that takes away from an interview for a candidate is them not being knowledgeable on the company they're going to interview with. If the person is conducting the interview, i.e., you know, the interviewer, you've got to sit, spend a significant amount of time explaining the company and what the job is to the person, that's taking away time when they could be interviewing you. Mm-hmm. So I would say number one is be prepared. Do your homework. There are so many resources out there now where you can find out about a company, the type of people to work there, what's this job like. Not to do it is, is to me, is ridiculous and lazy, right? It shows me when people show up now to interviews not prepared, knowing what we do as an organization, what the job's about, it tells me they're not really interested because they didn't spend any time preparing for this. So and that's an indication of how poorly they may prepare for the job once they actually yeah. have the job, if it's actually you know, offered. No doubt about it. No doubt. Number one complaint we get from our managers is they weren't prepared for the interview. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, they weren't prepared. And and that's a total turnoff to any hiring manager. So that would be number one. Number two, listen. (laughs) You know, listen to the questions. Answer the questions that are asked. Don't go off on tangents. Dress professionally. All, All the stuff you think are common sense to people, you know, is, you know, and be prepared. If you're working with a recruiter, Ask your recruiter, what types of questions are they going to ask? What does person's personality like that I'm meeting with? All those little tidbits can give you an advantage in that room when, when the interview starts. As many of the recruiters, the folks on your team, are in, they obviously are incented to fill these positions and put great candidates in front of the hiring managers. So they're going to be, if they, they've, you've passed them and you, they've put you in front of the hiring manager, it's in their best interest to make sure that you succeed as a, as a candidate for the role. Yeah, I would agree. And uh, we, we really try not to over-prep because I think that, that's an unfair advantage and, and we want to see candidates you know, perform in, as, they really, as they would normally. Level playing field. Mm-hmm. Right. But, but yeah, we, we serve a really important role in we're the kind of the, the, gate, the, gate, the gate bearers, right? You've got to get through us to get into pro and – and my, my organization is filled with people who are experts on pro and the type of people we hire. Uh, but, yeah, they can really can be a, an asset for you if you're interviewing, for sure. You know, but at the end of the day, and I say this to, to my team and all of our managers all the time, is our job as recruiters is to set the table, and they decide what they want to do after that um, mm-hmm. with the candidate. So those are two suggestions that you have in regards to how to prepare for an effective interview. In, any other recommendations? You know, I, I mentioned this is just, uh, and I, it's ridiculous in the best talk about this, but dress. And I talked about it earlier, but my dad told me uh, a long time ago, it's really difficult to overdress for an interview, but it's really easy to underdress, and that makes an impression. I mean, we're still in a market where these jobs are competitive, and 
You know, this isn't about, you know, you, the interviewee, being the only candidate. So whatever you can do to, to set yourself apart. So professionally like that. Take notes. It's, it's, a, it's always a good idea to take a notepad in with you because it shows that you're engaged, that you're prepared, that you're interested. So be an active interviewee by taking notes. Uh, have three or four really good questions thought out and base it around. I'd base a couple around what the company does and a couple around what the position is. And think those through, like not the basic of what are the growth opportunities. Think through the questions and say, you know, what's a five-year plan for Pro Limited? Where do you see this company going in five years? So that would be, then that'd be an example of a really good engaging question that a manager would, would say, wow, this person's getting put some thought into this. Um, and finally, I mentioned earlier, Patrick, but the follow-up is critical, absolutely critical. You think about this for a second. If a manager is meeting, say, 10 candidates in the course of three or four days, that's a lot of people to remember. They're going to remember you more if you follow up because you took action and you just reminded them of you. So make sure you have those follow-up pieces in place. Take advantage of those uh, interesting moments, if you, or memorable moments, if you may, right? That's correct. So, all right. So someone's gone through the whole process. They uh, you know, have a great LinkedIn profile, good resume. They conduct a solid interview. They you know, do their, their, uh, their due diligence in terms of the follow-up. They get an offer. It's put on the table. This question that a lot of folks pose, you know, should they try to negotiate their salary and benefits? And if so, what's the best approach? Case by case. Um, you know, benefits are somewhat non-negotiable. <laughs> Most companies are set. You know, and, and so uh, we're talking about those types of costs, um, you know, what they are, that they're pretty, you know, they're pretty, pretty much set. They're so set. You, you can sometimes negotiate you know, time off, you know, PTO, but it depends. It depends on the offer. I mean, if it's a fair offer and you feel good about it, most importantly, the candidate feels good about it, then no, I wouldn't go back and start quibbling over, you know, nickels and dimes. If it's an offer where you look in the mirror and you say, I really want this job, but I can't do it for this amount of money or this doesn't seem fair to me, then yeah, you should go back and talk that through. And the reason I say that is because you're always going to feel that way when you get the job, when you're in the seat. And I can speak for us. We certainly don't want people coming in to work for us who aren't happy the first day they walk in based on you know, the package they receive from us. And we never have buyer's remorse. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the reality is, is if you take a job where you didn't feel good about the offer, and this sometimes happens when you need a job, you're still going to be looking. You're not going to be fully engaged in that, in that company or your career there because you still have kind of one eye out there in the job market saying, well, maybe there's a better, a better package that will come along and make me and my family more comfortable. So it's really case-by-case, case, Patrick. I will say a pro limited. Um, we try to make you know our best offer first a lot of the time, and almost all the time. And a lot of times we don't we don't go back and forth very often because you know we try to get it right we try to get it right the first time for both sides of the equation because we put a lot of value in a candidate walking in the door excited to be here, not having any as you put a buyer's remorse, and and ready to go to work for us. Makes a lot of sense. Let's talk about pros just a little bit. Uh, some of our listeners may actually be uh, looking at some of the job postings on the website right now or on our LinkedIn uh, page, and they'd like to apply. You know, what should they do uh, to make sure that they're seen by you and your team? Well, we, we have a policy on my team where we look at every candidate that applies, and it's a lot of work. 
but but we really feel it's important. So it's it's simple a matter of, of putting in your application either via the link our LinkedIn site uh, or our career site. You know, and if you really feel strongly about the position, we're we're phone people, so call us up, ask for us. Um, and, you know, ask ask for the town acquisition department at Pro Unlimited. Um, that that would be number one. But I will I do tell you that every candidate that applies to jobs with us is seen, and we do look over every single profile. Great resumes, great social profiles, and then uh, the, you know the actual uh, human touch. Pick up the phone and call somebody. Yeah, it's, it's, sometimes it's a lost art, right? <laughs> in, this digital, <laughs> in this digital age, it's, it's um, yeah, sometimes people forget. Oh yeah, I can I can I can still talk on this thing. So yeah, I would I would recommend that if you're in a job search, uh, use of the phone is critical. Leave messages for people. Uh, don't abuse it. You know you don't want to be a you know a habitual caller, but it's a tool that I think goes goes unused in, in, in the job market today. Great suggestion. So, where some where can uh, our listeners find some of these open positions, and what kind of positions are uh, currently available at Pro? Yeah. So, if you go to our LinkedIn page, uh, it's under Pro Unlimited, and you go to career, and you go up to our career page on there, you'll see our 25 hottest jobs rotate through there. Um, they're they're ever changing. And so, you know, I would say check back often as it's updated daily. Second place um, is we can see all of our non-confidential openings uh, is on our ProUnlimited.com. Uh, you go to the, the tab Careers at Pro, and they'll all be listed there. Uh, and you can view them. You can view them all. You can view them by area. You can view them by specialty. And then, you know, as far as what are we hiring for right now, it's all over the board, and that's a good problem to have. We've currently got, as of this morning, 59 openings across the globe. That includes 11 international openings, um, and then they range they range literally from San Francisco all the way to New York and across the country. So it's a vast amount of opportunities, and they range in responsibilities from all the way all the way up to directors to you know entry level type positions with us as well. Our client services group is always hiring. They're our largest group, they're the other group that sits on site and kind of makes the magic happen at the client site. Um, we're always looking for professionals in that area and leadership positions in that area as well. And I'm sure many of our listeners will want to check that out. Well Neil, you've had some great suggestions for folks who are looking for uh, a new position or they're thinking about uh, launching a new career search really appreciate your time today. It's my pleasure, Patrick. Thank you. Well, this does it for my interview with Neil Solari, Vice President of Global Talent Acquisition at Pro. Make sure to check out a second podcast interview that I conducted with Neil entitled Career Growth Opportunities at Pro Unlimited. You can find it on soundcloud.com or ProUnlimited.com forward slash podcast. For those interested in knowing more about Pro, it's purely vendor neutral MSP model, one, the company's award winning VMS platform, and much more, visit ProUnlimited.com. Or email us at information at ProUnlimited.com or call us at 1 800 291 1099. ProUnlimited, your integrated purely vendor-neutral contingent workforce management solution.